0: Two Steps Ahead podcast. Here I am, Sonidam, alongside my companion on the radio.
1: Oh, you want me to introduce myself, Tara? Mm-hmm. I'm t- well. We, we've
0: been doing that. I thought maybe we could just continue that. Unless you want me to, intro- I'll roll out the red carpet for yes, you, please, with the paparazzi yes, in the please. studio. Well, I
1: have my, you know, bling and, microphone. So, hey guys, I am Tara Huxhiral.
0: Put your name up in neon.
1: <laughs> yes, please. Hey,
0: so, um, ever been on the red carpet? Now you've been, you've been on some. TV sets yep. as an extra. I have. And so have you ever been able to be a part of any type of red carpet? No. No. Not would yet. Would you like to?
1: Of course. Of course. I wonder what that except, experience would except, be like. Except, though, I will say that I have had a conversation with a real paparazzi. Really? And she, we were laughing at the poses that they do on the red right? carpet. And so she was instructing me. And she said, sometimes if there's not a long line of people on the... Uh, waiting to go across the red carpet, they will instruct the person, hey, look over your shoulder, turn this way, turn that way. And she was giving me the whole rundown of I strike a I'm pose. So awkward. Did you vogue it? I I would, tried. You, would you vogue it? No, I am so awkward. You're not
0: gonna vogue it on the red carpet?
1: Here, watch. See for th- th- the people that are watching us on YouTube. Okay, ready. See? See there how awful St- that is strike
0: a pose. <laughs> you struck a pose. I'd just be walking down like, hey what's up? What's up? What's no, up? No,
1: you have to do the whole like
0: is that what it is? Whole, I, I, I can't do the it. whole picture. Capture the uh, the picture moments. Well, I was just curious because I wonder if that moment is as phenomenal the first time as it is maybe the hundredth time that you walk down the red carpet. So you think about it. Okay. One of the things we're going to talk about today is uh, disappointment and failure. Mm-hmm. And so when you reach the red carpet, let's say it's the Oscars and you're up for some award. Maybe it's Best uh, Actress or Best Actor or maybe Movie of the Year. And so you're one of, I don't know, what is there five finalists now that get uh, get to go to the Oscars? And
1: I feel like the, the finalists are getting longer. The yeah, list pretty list soon is there's going to be like longer. 100. Yeah.
0: The Everybody Wins a Trophy Society. <laughs> but so then you get there, and you have the nominees read, and you're sitting there in anticipation of wanting to win. Yes. But yet someone else's name is called out, Mm -hmm. and you lose. Or maybe a runner-up, if you want to be that way. Miss Congeniality. Mm -hmm. I wonder if that disappointment, uh, how how strong that disappointment might be for somebody to know that they were so close to getting that statue, but yet so far.
1: I wonder about that, because on the one hand, the statue means more money, more contracts, more opportunities. On the other hand, being in the category, I would think... I know a lady um, that was nominated and didn't win, but I, I don't know that it has helped her career. She was she was looking for um, a job after that, actually. Well, so no. it, this, so it's interesting how the the statue can bring more money, more opportunity, and being in the category you would think would.
0: Right, because now you're starting to see people with the slogan. Oscar nominated. Right. You'll come see this new film by Oscar nominated. Right. So they did not win, but they were nominated. Mm-hmm. Before it used to be Oscar award winner, whomever is starring in this new film. Come check it out. Or who was it? Susan Lucci? <laughs> who was like always nominated for some like daytime soap opera and like never won in like 50 years. And then she finally won.
1: Right. Right. Uh, and I feel like they might've given it to her for
0: just because,
1: just, yeah, like, okay, enough is enough. Let's just give her the award. She should have won it years ago. I'm making fun because, you know, I used to watch her back in the day. Um, what was it? Days, in the, Days of our lives? I have or no idea. I, yeah. One of the soaps. She's She was amazing. She should have won years ago, but I feel like it, towards the end, it's like, okay, come is
0: on. Is that the... Like the sands through a hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Is <laughs> yes, yes. that that one? Yes. Okay. But I wonder if she was disappointed every year, or if she just realized that this is maybe the game, and maybe people just made it so that I wonder if I even wonder if she got more popular or a higher popul- popularity rate because she didn't win, versus mm-hmm. if she had just won then the whole thing would have gone away. So like by her not winning every year, maybe it was better for her because she her name was in the media and then the limelight every year. And like they say, there's no such thing as bad publicity I unless there's no say. publicity.
1: <laughs> I was just going to say that.
0: And you don't get publicity. Yeah. You could win 20 years ago and never win again. Right. And no one knows about you or you cannot win every year and every year someone's talking about you. Exactly. So i was just wondering if the uh, if if those people if they even care. I mean, I know they want to win and they and they and they want to get that award and that prizes and the accolades and stuff like that. But I wonder if they really do care whether or not they win. I wonder if that failure or that I guess not really in that case. I guess it's not failure because you're you're one of the top five nominees for the best whatever. So maybe it's a little disappointing mm-hmm. that you didn't win.
1: I think it's interesting. So we're recording this in the month of December. A couple of weeks ago, the CMAs were on. We watched- um, Country Music Awards. Thank you.
0: (laughs) For those that might not know, the CMAs.
1: (laughs) That's right. So I just watched it a couple of nights ago. And it's amazing when when they announce the winners, when they're doing the category. And they do the same thing on the Oscars. You know, they put the square up. Right. They put the five squares of the five faces up on the television so you can see everybody's reaction when they read the name. That's my favorite part. Is watching all of the different reactions when one when they win, and then two when they when their name is not called. Some people are very gracious because you know social media. Oh, did you see you know so and so such a sore loser? And then they're so. I think probably people have gotten the joke. Like I need to look happy for the person even though I didn't win. But there's uh, there's genuine disappointment. There are some people who are cheer and they clap for the other person, but there's also genuine disappointment.
0: Yeah. And I think that uh, especially if you've worked hard at something, I mean, I think back over my radio career, for example, I got a couple of uh, stories I'll share about disappointment. Okay. So the first off, I was working at a news talk station, uh, KRLA, and I was working a 9 p.m. to an 11 p.m. show, Kevin James show. And we were working really hard to make this show a success, Mm -hmm. especially a night show because, you know, the nighttime competition really wasn't there as far as other radio stations and radio shows like ours. And it started to grow. It started to become a big success. And there was talks of management moving us to maybe a prime time slot, maybe afternoon drive or maybe even Mm -hmm. earlier in the evening, Mm -hmm. but a, a a better time slot. And so we were starting to make these plans, what we're going to do to grow the show and to even expand in the new time frame, Mm -hmm. which I think might have been like even six to nine, something like that, you know? Okay. We ended up midnight to three. Oh. And I remember turning to Kevin when we got the uh, announcement and I used to get in a couple hours ahead of time before the show, you know, about seven or so, and we put in the prep time and Mm -hmm. we'd get things ready to go. I remember telling him or asking him, hey, what time do you want me in now that we're going midnight to three? He looked at me and he said, 11.59. <laughs> because it was disappointing to think that we had put right. all this hard work in and that we could get rewarded with a better mm-hmm. time slot. Mm-hmm. And then we actually got a, a worse time slot, you know, midnight to three. Mm-hmm. Overnights, you know, our bell type stuff. It was moon bats and aliens. <laughs> and so uh, then eventually he decided to run for mayor and quit the, uh, quit the show. And so then I was put into this limbo, so to speak, of radio at the radio station, just bouncing around from shift to shift because they wanted to keep me on. Mm-hmm. But the disappointment was that I lost a, a cool gig with a show that was mm-hmm. doing really well. Mm-hmm. First, we lost the time slot, and then I got put into you know, Sunday mornings and overnights and all this crappy time slots. And then eventually got hooked up with the Frank Sontag show. Mm-hmm. And so I spent about, I think, four years with him, and we grew the show and again, they started talking about, same management, Start talking about moving us to national and maybe doing a national show with the Frank Songtag show. And so we, again, were are putting a lot of work into it. We had put a lot of effort into growing the show. At one point, they told us in a meeting that our show had the highest ratings in the 30 year history oh, wow. of the station at that time, you mm-hmm. know, and um, for that time slot. And so we were thinking, hey, things, good things are going to happen. Well, they did not give us the national spot, and they again condensed us down from three to two hours and moved some stuff around. And again, the disappointment of trying to take a show and putting all the effort in to go national mm-hmm. did not work out. And so then I just left the company. At that point, it's time to move on. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so again, when you're dealing with you're kind of like professional or business related in the working world, you know, those are a couple of uh, examples for me that was disappointing because. You had to put in all this effort to just get to the point for consideration. Mm-hmm. And then they come and tease you with this. Hey, we're going to mm-hmm. try to put you guys national. Oh, never mind. We've gone something. We decided to do something else. And then you're like, why did I put all that work into it? Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so let me ask you, do you feel now in hindsight, I know obviously we don't live in, in hindsight in 2020, but now that you have some distance from it and you have the benefit of looking back, do you feel that those... Smaller, short-term disappointments. Are you seeing them in a different light because it gave you time to have experience in multiple?
0: No, it still areas. blows.
1: It still blows. It Still blows.
0: <laughs> I think they made a horrible decision, right? But, but that's okay because now I'm I'm in a place where I, where I'm happy. But here, but here's the thing. Okay. okay, first off, I wouldn't have changed anything as far as my work ethic because my work ethic is always higher or always has been higher than anybody else can put on me. So for me to be able to I'm going to do a bunch of hard work and do extra work so I can get a show to go national isn't my thought process. It's I'm going to do all this extra work and make it hard to make the show a success because those are my standards. Okay. And then if I do fail, let's say we don't go national, I'm still succeeding far beyond other people's expectations. And I'm succeeding far beyond what other people's successes might be. So my own standards are going to be a lot higher and the demand on me is going to be a lot more Mm -hmm. than anybody can place on me. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't have changed anything. The only thing that was kind of sucky about the whole thing was the fact that there was an opportunity to prove this on a national level, because mm-hmm. it would have been a successful mm-hmm. show on a national level, we would have kicked ass, right. but we didn't get that opportunity, and that's where the, the, the uh, disappointment comes in, is the fact that the opportunity wasn't given to us, right? and so we couldn't showcase our talents and abilities on the national level like we did at the local level, mm-hmm. and I really wanted that opportunity. That was one thing I really wanted to do in my radio career, was given the opportunity mm-hmm. to produce something on the national level, mm-hmm. and twice we were denied, or I was denied,
1: and that hopefully that still comes in the future. Yeah, maybe we'll maybe that wasn't, uh, maybe that just wasn't the one that was going to be, yeah. but there might be some that comes in the future, but be. the disappointment is there. It's real. It's because like you said, it feels like you did all of this work and it wasn't validated in the way that you had hoped and expected. Um, and the validation would have been through a national program. National yeah, and
0: I think we were warranted with it, but they decided to do something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's fine. But again so, again, so for me, the point here is that I did not let that disappointment stop me from continuing to pursue my excellence. Mm-hmm. So with the Kevin James Show, which was the first year, which was a few years earlier, you know, I could have just given up and been like, well, management's going to be this way the entire time. And therefore, I'm just going to coast along and do my thing, collect my paycheck. But I decided to not let it affect me, can maintain my high standards anyways, and then got to the point where with another show... I did the same thing. So, you know, again, I'm like the Oscar nominated dude, (laughs) just not the Oscar winner. Because there was a couple times we had the opportunity to potentially, we were in the mix for a national show. But again, I did not let that disappointment deal with me. I know some people do Mm -hmm. uh, struggle with and suffer from disappointment and they let it affect them and they let it control them and they give up. Mm -hmm. And you really can't give up because once you give up because of a little disappointment, if I would have given up, then who knows where my radio career would have gone? Maybe out the door. But because I didn't give up, I continued to pursue excellence for me, and only for me. I didn't care about anybody else at this point, but for me. And then eventually Frank and you know some other people. Right. But uh, but that's that was the point for me is don't give up because you get that disappointment or you did not get ach- get to achieve what we wanted to or get get what we wanted to in the business world, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I continued to maintain my high standards of working hard, putting together a good show, and you know. Mm-hmm. And do that. So I would say that if people are struggling from disappointment, you're going to have to ride the emotional roller coaster—the good, mm-hmm. the bad, the highs, and lows. Mm-hmm. But then in the end, don't give up because the next great thing could be out there. And like you said, there still could be something out there for me. But you know, who knows? Right.
1: And those emotional highs and lows come a lot from our expectations of what we hope will happen or what we want to happen. So the disappointment comes. You know, we're expecting to succeed. We're expecting to you know, like you said you know be taken from local to national you know our expectation is this, that will come our expe- expectation is that if we work really hard and put the time in and do everything right that the fruit you know of our labor will show up but i think sometimes and this is a general um, just a general in life not necessarily specific to your situation but sometimes our expectations need to be different than so, um, so for example, if we say I'm getting into this project and my expectation is that at some point it's going to get really hard or at some point I'm going to be really tired and I'm, and I'm going to struggle you know, moving forward. At some point I might be confused and I'm not going to know how to you know, figure this out. I think if our expectations are that it's not going to be a smooth ride. That it might be, hopefully this will be the time that it goes national, but it might not be. If our expectation is set more in the journey rather than the destination, I think that's where it's easier to handle the ups and downs of our emotions and to keep going, keep failing forward, keep moving, as opposed to putting all of our stock in, okay, we're going to go national and just putting everything in there. And then when it doesn't happen, it's like, okay, well, what do you have left so I think you you know you did it in a healthy way Um, when we set those expectations differently I think it's easier to handle it when the ups and downs come does that what do you think about that
0: yeah no that makes sense there's gonna be times I know In the future, just like in the past, that there's going to be these hurdles, these bumps, but getting over them and getting past them is what my focus is. I love the Aerosmith. I know I've, think I've said this before in one of the previous episodes, but I love the Aerosmith lyric, life's a journey, Mm -hmm. not a destination. Mm -hmm. And when you think about it that way- Wait, that's an Aerosmith lyric? Yeah.
1: Wow. Life's a journey, not a destination.
0: (laughs) Um, I know, that's where that came from. And so- um, And so if you enjoyed the the highs and lows, I remember we'd get ratings. We'd get the ratings out. And like I mentioned earlier with the Frank Sontag show, we had the highest ratings, at least they told us this, mm-hmm. the highest ratings that that time slot had ever had in the 30-year history of the of the show, or of the station. And I remember working at KLAC with the Loose Cannons, Steve Hartman, Michael Thompson, and Vic Jacobs. There were, there were points in time where we were the number one uh, noon to four show in LA for Sports Talk Radio. Mm-hmm. So we've achieved some pretty good things. I've been able to achieve some pretty good things in my radio career as far as ratings and accolades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, we were always told, the, the wise gurus in the ratings world always told us, Ride the highs, but don't get too excited. Right. Ride the lows, but don't get too bummed out or depressed right. because it's going to be an ebb and flow. You're going to have the highs and the lows. So ride and enjoy the success while you have them. But when you're in the dumps, just ride it out. Work a little bit harder. Change some things up. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like if you're failing at something and you don't change, then you're going to continue to fail. But if failure is uh, is, if you're going through like a down period, a failure mm-hmm. type of time, uh change some things up and try to correct it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, Tiger Woods, one of the greatest golfers ever. At one point in his career, changed his putting mm-hmm. stroke and he got even better before he ended up with all the problems that he had. But even then he's trying to overcome it. Mm-hmm. So even making some changes along the way to improve what we're already having success on even though we're doing well um, is always a good thing too.
1: I think there's a lot to be said. That's that's touching on humility in a person when they can accept the the feedback or accept the the fallback accept you know that there's going to be these ebbs and flows and then do a course correction somebody that i really admired who um displayed that adam lambert i saw him Mm. in an interview and uh, he was talking about his career how it had um all the ebbs and flows of of the time since he was on american idol um and he was very forthright about, you know, like he got all this flack, you know, when he came out and he, he, I think he, um, sang at the Grammys and he got a lot of uh, criticism for it, for the way that it went. Some of the videos that he was putting out and he just said, okay, get it. And he did kind of a course correction. And now he's, you know, headlining for queen, <laughs> right, right, <laughs> which right. I would love to see. He has an amazing voice. I love his voice. Um, he's a, he seems to be a cool guy. So. But that's where the humility comes in is that when we set our expectations that to um, absorb all of those ebbs and flows and that they're going to come, then it's a lot easier to handle. We don't take it as a a complete shock or a complete break in the system if something doesn't happen because that's where the the shoulds, you know, we've talked about that before. We start shooting on ourselves, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, you know, I should have done this better, you know, that internal judge comes in and starts beating us up and that is not helpful, it's just not necessary at all when we get into that into that place. So disappointment, certainly, how we handle it has a big part of of how healthy our life is.
0: So I love bringing sports into this type of analogy because, on this type of conversation as an analogy, because for example, baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball is a game of failure. Yep. People like to think of it as a game of success, but it's mm-hmm. actually a game of failure and how you overcome that failure. For example, If you hit the magical 300 in baseball, you're probably an all-star, quite possibly could be headed for Hall of Fame consideration, depending on what else you do, but you have failed seven out of 10 times.
1: And three hundred is batting.
0: Three hundred is, yes. yeah, is batting average. Yes. Yeah. Three hundred is batting average.
1: I assume I'm your knowledge sure. of, of
0: Ohio State football. Uh, it's I better. Just, no, I just thought maybe you were a little bit more sports minded. No. <laughs> because of Ohio State. So again, to assume. I don't watch but, baseball. But, okay. I'm so sorry. baseball is a batting average of three hundred. Go
1: 300. to baseball to eat the popcorn and okay. watch and the, the Cracker Jacks and, and, cr- and the seventh beer. inning stretch. Yes. Yes. That's why I go.
0: Okay. So in baseball, if you have a three hundred batting average, that means you've hit the ball three times out of ten at bats.
1: Okay. Got it. And
0: so you failed seven out of ten times. If you um, take, for example, any of the home run hitters, Mm -hmm. uh, Barry Bonds, he hit 755 home runs in his career. I think that's the most. It is the most, but I think it's 755. Uh, Hank Aaron at one time uh, had the most. No, I think, I'm sorry, Hank Aaron's at 755. Barry Bonds is like at 767, something like that. Mm -hmm. But, anyways, okay, so 700 and some home runs, but you look at their strikeouts and it's in the thousands. Okay, right, And so you take a look at at the sporting analogy, and I think it was uh, Michael Jordan who at one time had mentioned that there were 26 times he remembers that he was given the ball at the buzzer to take the final shot, and he did not make it. Mm -hmm. Okay, So you're going to have your failure. You're going to have your opportunities to take those failures and learn from them. And when I coach baseball, I'd always tell tell my uh, players that baseball is a game of failure, and it's what you do with that failure Mm -hmm. afterwards Mm -hmm. that's going to make you successful. Mm -hmm. So if you are... Uh, fielding a ball and you miss it and cause an error or you throw the ball away an an error what did you learn from that did you learn to make a better throw what went wrong you know fielding the ball things Mm -hmm. like that and so um, so we take our failures and we learn from them and then we can improve upon them because it's a result of something that didn't happen to go right but we can change it and make it go right
1: so I I want to take what you said and translate it into um, my world because I love sports analogies even though I don't Understand sports. I, I watch the, you know, the people. <laughs> I don't necessarily know what's going on in the game, but I love to read sports books. I love sports analogies. So when you say that a, a batter has a three hundred, right? So that means that he's hitting the ball three times out of ten. Three times out of ten, right? So seven times he failed,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, but in order to get that three hundred or that three times out of ten, he had to try ten times, right? So if you're writing a book. If you are doing a podcast, if you are creating music, um, if you're a songwriter, any any type of creativity or even success in the business world, job interviews, if you're trying to get a new job or whatever. The only way that you're going to get that 300 at bat is if you try 10 times. And a lot of people don't translate what is happening in the sports world into common everyday life. You might have to date 10 people in order to find three that you could choose from. You might have to send 10 proposals for your song or for your book in order to get three maybes. And people fail to realize that. And even with job interviews, they think, oh, and this is where the disappointment comes in. It's like, oh, I should, should, (laughs) I'm expecting that the first time I go out, I'm going to get the job or I'm expecting that it's not going to take, listen, there's been you know, writers or TV show people writing pilots, you know, for TV shows that um, it takes years. It, you might have to submit something a hundred times before you get a yes. So I always tell people don't concentrate on the no's. Concentrate, say to yourself, okay, it's just one more one down. So if we're going to use the 300 at bat example, I'm going to send it out to 10 people. So the first seven times might be a rejection. So you have to be able to stomach that. So say to yourself, okay, one down, nine more to go, two down, eight more to go. So when you get those rejections, you know where you are. I'm going to, I'm going to try for the 300 at bat. Right. But you have to do, people don't want to go through the, 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 the monotony of going to bat 10 different times. They don't have the stomach for it. In sports they do, but not in, not in, in right. other areas. We don't have the stomach for that.
0: Oh, and the other thing too keep in mind that you might have to put out a hundred to get to 30. Your first 10 <laughs> might be right. 0 for 10.
1: That's right. But then
0: you might go 30 for 90 yep. and be a little bit more successful. I think it was Marilyn Monroe that said, just because you fail at something or just because you fail once doesn't mean you're gonna fail at everything mm-hmm. and um and I think it was like I think Thomas Edison I was said just say, was he how it?
1: many times nine hundred yeah t- Thomas 99. Edison said that just
0: because I failed ten thousand times. <laughs> It doesn't mean I failed. It means I just found ten thousand ways it doesn't work. Right. So you got to look for that one way that works. Right. And again, so these people, whether it be uh, an athlete taking a shot at the buzzer twenty six times and missing, how many times did he make it? Did Michael Jordan make it? Mm-hmm. And how many times is he remembered for making it? There's a famous clip. I think it's against the Utah Jazz where he uh, puts that in the air, or puts that at the buzzer, and he's jumping in the air and um, in a championship game back in the nineties. And it's a it's a famous clip that any Michael Jordan fan is going to know. Um, and so he's remembered for making them not missing them right uh, Marilyn Monroe is remembered for a lot of things but mm-hmm. she's more remembered for success mm-hmm. than she is for any of her failures Thomas Edison you know um, all these people are, are remembered for their success not their failure they did not let failure stop them mm-hmm. they continued to go after it and eventually they found what works like you said it whether it's publishing 10 books and one hit all you need is one to hit mm-hmm. uh, whether it's putting out 10 movie scripts one hits Audition. So I have
1: eight more to go. You have eight more to go. <laughs> I have two, I published two books. I have eight more to go before I have a, a national bestseller. Yeah. But here's a thought that, that you're reminding me of, is that what, so we have disappointment of what we didn't get, but what is it that is stronger than disappointment
0: to keep us moving forward? Well, to me, it's the drive to... For me, it's the drive for my own the, standards. The passion. Yeah, the passion. Yeah. yeah chase your, uh, take your passion and make it happen, as the song Not says. Not
1: taking no for an answer. Right. Yeah.
0: You know, it's, it's, that, it's that girl in the Pennsylvania mining town that reaches into the air and pulls down the water <laughs> and then and, and dances her way into the academy and becomes, right. you know, to, you take your passion and make it happen. And you touched on, you know, we touched on success. Defining success and a couple episodes ago, mm-hmm. but even just for you, creating or, or, or authoring two books and getting them even self published, you know that can be successful to you. You know, doing this podcast could be successful to us. Right. Um, I do a music show called The Beat Goes On, and it plays uh, on the internet and then a couple radio stations across the country. Maybe nationally, people might not know about it, but to me, having it on a couple radio stations across the country, mm-hmm. to me, that's success. Mm-hmm. And so, again. We got to be careful when it comes to defining failure versus success. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a fine line. Failure can be something that we mistake success for.
1: Wait, I have to think about that. I don't, I don't, my brain doesn't work well in double negatives. Okay, say that again.
0: Failure could be something (laughs) that we mistake success for. So you say you need to write eight more books to become a national bestseller. Right. Okay, well, national bestseller is a level of success. So are you viewing your two books as failures because they are not okay. national bestsellers or are they got successful it. because you were able to write them and you were able to get them published?
1: So, oh, that's, yeah, that's so deep. Like, I'm a deep thinker and that was, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, ca- I got that, it. That deep. I, yeah, yeah, so yeah, we have I to be careful like, that no. we
0: don't mistake our successes right. and think of them as failures because it could be the many successes that you talked right. about in a previous episode. I think it's uh, episode mm-hmm. uh I think it's the first episode we actually ever did, defining success. And we talk about these little successes along the way that ultimately lead to big success. bigger
1: success. We talked about
0: in, uh, I think it was episode three, the decision ones, where we have all these little decisions Mm -hmm. that then create these bigger decisions results. Here are these little successes that we might think as failure, Because we didn't get that national bestseller in the first book or the second book or the third or fourth or fifth or sixth Mm -hmm. or seventh. But hey, Mm -hmm. the eighth book now is a national bestseller and it took you those seven books to get to the point where you became good enough or it became a topic or whatever the case may be to become that that bestseller. Mm -hmm. There's a student, I teach at Pasadena City College in the radio broadcasting department, in case you didn't know, and there's a student who is um, doing a second career um, kind of like she started out doing uh, one thing in life and now she's moving into entertainment and uh, wanting to be on media, television, radio, things like that. And she's going through the process of learning the the curriculum and stuff like that. But her thought process is that you know she's putting together, Something that she wants to do for herself in her career mm-hmm. and so she's starting at the, the college level and she's doing what she needs to do at the college level to prep her for that and so she doesn't see herself as the success that she wants to right now, but she sees these little things as little successes that, are, or little foundational successes mm-hmm. that are going to get her to where she wants to be for her ultimate success, which is, you know, whatever that is. And I
1: think we have to pay attention to those daily successes. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't congratulate ourselves at the end of the day, say yes, I, I did my craft. I worked on my craft. I, you know, did something, towards that bigger goal. That is a success. That's a daily success, and we need to to pay attention to that because, just like I I posted um, the other day about stop shooting on yourself. Instead of saying I should have done better, no, I'm working on it. It's taking a little bit longer than what I realize, but I'm moving forward and I can see the progress. That's where the passion stays alive, that's where the forward momentum stays, that's where we're not, you know, completely defeated. We can handle the disappointment because that self-talk is, no, I'm I'm have these small successes. I'm moving forward and, you know, hopefully it turns into something bigger, but in the meantime, right here and right now, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. like yeah. it's. I'm doing my thing.
0: It's better to be a Susan Lucci than not be anything at all. <laughs> That's right. It's better to go out there and do what you want, take your passion, make it happen, and not have the accolades and the success that mm-hmm. is defined by the greater culture. But yet, she was still on a show. She was still acting. She was still making a living, doing what she wanted. She was still doing her passion, but she just didn't get the accolades that she wanted. Then, eventually, she did. So, again, whatever it is you're doing, mm-hmm. just go after it and chase it because it doesn't matter- what the success is or what the failure is, as long as you continue to do what you love to do, that's all that really matters when it comes to it. Because mm-hmm. when I played baseball, you know, there were times where I would hit below 300 and I, I never thought about giving up because I enjoyed the game. Mm-hmm. Then there'd be times I'd hit 400 where I got four hits out of 10 and I'm like, wow, I should be in the major leagues. <laughs> right. You know, so again, you ride the lows, change what's not working. Don't get too high with the highs because eventually the lows are going to come. There's always a slump in the game. You, right, know? Right. you don't mess with a streak, and you've got to change something when you're in a slump. But that's the ebb and flow of life. That's mm-hmm. the journey mm-hmm. that you enjoy along the ride. That's the roller coaster of life. Mm-hmm. And eventually we get to where we want to be. And for some people, you might not get the success you want. Like, for example, me, I may, not, I may never have the national show to work on. But I think about the success that I had because even though my the Frank Sontag show, for example, wasn't on all the stations across the country, we had a national level or a show that was mm-hmm. worthy of being national. Yes. And so that quality that we put out on that show mm-hmm. was good enough for me to sit back and be, that was a successful show. Because mm-hmm. even though we didn't get it, our show was worthy of consideration. Mm-hmm. And just because management made the wrong decision, it's not my <laughs> problem. You know, I can't But you
1: learned that. a ton. And you have that... Excuse me, that notch, you know, on your on your mantle that that you did that so you can bring that forward. It wasn't didn't pan out the way that you wanted it at the time, but you can bring that forward. Here, we can go national.
0: <laughs> we can. We can go global. What are you talking about?
1: Global. Don't
0: think inside that's the box. Outside true. the box. <laughs> We're going global. We might even hook up with E.T.
1: Okay, so for the three of you that are listening. Tell a friend. Tell a friend.
0: And then we would come like that PERT commercial. So on and, and so, so on and, and so, so on. on. And nobody knows that reference. <laughs> but you and I. But no, so that's the whole idea behind it is, is chasing what you want to do and not lend those obstacles because again in radio I and mean, there's, there, there's many that I could, you know failures and disappointments in, in the entertainment and media business that uh, you just have to overcome because you don't get everything you want all the time. But
1: the thing is is that we see those quotes we hear those quotes we love those quotes it's like oh yeah Steven Spielberg Einstein, all these people were told that they're not going to amount to anything and now they're huge. The only reason that they're huge is because they were passionate about what they Mm -hmm. do they refuse to give up because it's just part of who they are and a lot of us we just don't we can't stomach looking bad in front of other people in order to do this podcast we have to stumble we have to practice we have to sound bad sometimes we have cringeworthy moments but that's we have to allow you to hear that because that's how we grow and that's how we get better and that's how we fail forward So if we sat in a closet and practiced for years on end, it wouldn't do you any good because you're wouldn't have the benefit of hearing those small nuggets that come every maybe 10 minutes (laughs) and you have to listen to 15, 20 minutes before you get another nugget. But you know what? That's the beauty of it because us practicing in front of you and allowing you to hear us fumble and stumble is a growth process for all of us. And we keep getting better and better and um, the people who can put themselves out there and be brave enough to not hit the ball seven times or not, um, you know, publish the book 30 times. Those are the ones that eventually make it because they're practicing their craft. They're getting the feedback. They're putting themselves out there. That's how you win. That's how you ultimately succeed in whatever it is that you want to do. It's just that it's kind of like that dog with the bone who just, you know, has it in his mouth and he's just not going to let it go. Right.
0: Right. Just keep yep.
1: fighting for it and fighting for it. And, you know,
0: I think it was FedEx as the story goes, the guy that started FedEx, I think he went to Yale business school and he created this FedEx, uh, FedEx job or, you know, company as a business project for a business class. Mm. And if, if, I think if the story, as the story goes, and I believe it's FedEx, but as the story goes, the professor failed him, said this would never be a success.
1: Right. <laughs> and he was like, okay.
0: And we all know FedEx. So again, you want to be careful that the people, the influences
1: mm-hmm.
0: that are on you
1: mm-hmm.
0: are the right ones. Mm-hmm. And just because somebody says it's not going to happen doesn't mean it's going to happen or not happen. Mm-hmm. You can decide whether or not. You're going to make it happen or not happen.
1: Right. Some people might say, oh, this is the greatest idea I've ever heard. You're going to be, you know, worldwide and it could never happen. And then other times people, you know, oh, you're never going to amount to anything. And now look, that's, you know, Steven Spielberg. So,
0: yeah, I mean, there's times why I hear I hear people, especially students with ideas and projects, and I'm like, that's interesting. I never really think it's not going to happen because you just never know. Right. But I think that's interesting. That's unique. That's different or it might be and and that's a good thing because it's like ooh you have a better chance at success because it is unique, it is different. Mm-hmm. Or then there's something that i hear and it's like ooh yeah i've known a couple people that have done that and it hasn't worked out. I'm thinking to myself, I'd never tell them this. Right. But I might advise them, hey just know that there's a couple people that have done this before mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked out. That doesn't mean it's not going to work out for you. But just know that, you know, you have an uphill battle. And I try to give them realistic expectations and not this, like, yeah, hey, go do it because you're going to mm-hmm. be, you know, the next Oprah. Right. Um, so you want to have real realistic expectations, but also know that along the way, I think it was Ryan Seacrest I was told one time that he was, uh, you know, everyone knows Ryan Seacrest, American mm-hmm. Idol, mm-hmm. the ball drop in New York City, uh, New Year's that's coming up and stuff like that. But at one time he was, uh, I guess, on his way out at Kiss FM. They were thinking of making some changes. Really? So, the story goes from a reliable source, really named unnamed remain unnamed but um, but then he got the American Idol gig and he blew up, and so now, of course he 's busier than ever, and he's right. the most popular guy on the planet practically uh, in the media business, you know, like up there with Dick Clark and mm-hmm. Casey Kasem you know that mm-hmm. that type of thing right and so um again, you know opportunities are going to come even if you 're successful, opportunities will come that could save your career. You might be on top of your game now, but at some point, I look at the dot-com businesses back Mm -hmm. in the 90s. I mean, everybody was living high on the hog, and then the bubble burst, and now there is nothing. Right. So, again, just because you're riding high doesn't mean the bumps are going to come. And I think it's Wall Street. I wish I remembered. I was going to look it up before we started the show, and then I forgot. But it was the movie Wall Street at the end when – Charlie Sheen is going to be arrested. And one of the older guys approaches him and says, um, You can tell the character of a man when he looks into the abyss and sees nothing staring back at him. (laughs) You know, it's like, what kind of character are you going to have? Mm -hmm. And how are you going to overcome that Mm -hmm. when there's nothing? Mm -hmm. And people have risen from that. Mm -hmm. You know, people have risen from nothing. To make something, yep. and I see students do that every day. I see students who have to work a couple of jobs. They have to take care of younger siblings because their parents are working three, four jobs. You know, combined. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, living four or five people in a one, two bedroom apartment. I knew a student. I knew a student who was uh, sharing a bedroom with her brother because that's all they could have. Mm-hmm. And yet, they're coming to school every day. Right. They're getting an education. They're getting accepted to a four year school. Mm-hmm. People might look as, as, at that person as, "Oh, you are." Sharing a room with your brother mm-hmm. and you've got this and what? But I see it as a success because mm-hmm. you're coming to school. You just got accepted to a four-year school. Mm-hmm. You're a first-generation college student. You know, you're going to make a difference. Whatever that difference might be, that, might, that difference might be just the difference between your brother, mm-hmm. who you share a room with, going and getting a medial uh, a menial job, you know, 10, 15 bucks an hour or going to school and getting a career himself. Mm-hmm. You know, changing the family history. And so again, when it goes back to don't look at or don't mistake your success and think it's a failure when indeed it could actually be a success and a foundational success mm-hmm. that is going to lay the foundation, the building blocks for you to ultimately build your empire.
1: It's too bad a lot of these stories are not public because I love especially during the times of the Olympics They have these backstories of the Olympians, of all of the stuff that they've had to overcome in order to get to this point. And the stories are what really draws me in. I also watch a lot of um, UFC. I love that too. (laughs) I don't know why, it's so brutal, but. um, The
0: ultimate fighting challenge?
1: I do. I love watching, Uh, you you know, Octagon and all that. But what I love is the backstories when they have, that's what draws me in is you know showing you know and highlighting what people overcome and achieve with all this adversity and we love that and it's inspirational and that's what draws us forward and the people you know I believe the people who look at those stories and say I'm doing that not necessarily I'm going to go get in the octagon but I'm going to overcome my adversity, I am going to, you know, keep my passion alive. I am not going to take no for an answer. I am going to keep more moving forward. And in that way, that is how we learn and grow from each other. Because those story- But it's the people who shrink back from that, who are not strong enough to endure that, you know, because they get their head in the way um, and they let disappointment take them under. And then the-, then the disappointment is a bigger disappointment. And they look back and it's like, oh, I should have that should again. Um, and I should have gone for it rather than being afraid and, and stopping and, and not believing that I could do it. I think the regret is bigger in those circumstances, the people who are not strong enough to endure the adversity, the negativity, the the downturns, you know, that inevitably come for everybody. It's the ones who say, no, I'm going down, but I'm not going to let it take me down. I'm going to keep moving and... and
0: Well, you don't have to go very far for an example, because you were a part of a book with the guy, uh, No Limbs, No Limits.
1: Mm, No arms, no legs, no problem.
0: Yeah. And so there was a story of a guy that overcame, and he did not let the failures that- just why don't you give a little little quick backstory so people have an understanding of what we're talking about before we so, move forward.
1: So the book that I wrote, it's a memoir. It's called No Arms, No Legs, No Problem. And it's the story of Bob Lujano. When he was nine years old, he developed, he and actually he was a starred uh, baseball player at the time. He was kind of a prodigy and, and very good at sports. And so at nine years old, they went roller skating one night with his cousins. The next day he was deathly Ill and he developed meningococcemia, which is a form of meningitis, and it kills you in 24 hours. So he was on his deathbed um, quite literally and, in fact, um, died you know, in the ambulance. They had to revive him. Long story short, all four of his limbs, meningococcemia, it, it um, affects the bloodstream. And it starts at your fingertips and your toes, and it kind of works its way up the circulation um goes out and the skin dies, the tissue dies. So he had to have all four limbs, both of his arms, both of his legs amputated in order to save his life. And I spoke with the surgeon years later when I was writing the book, I was interviewing him and the surgeon actually felt guilty. He felt bad. He says, Oh, I'm so glad to hear that Bob is doing okay. Because I was saying, as I was amputating his limbs, I'm saying to myself, you know, what kind of a life is he going to have? How is he going to, Am I am I taking away his life by trying to save it? And um, so he was very happy to hear of, of all of Bob's success. But Bob is now um, fifty. I have to stop and think how I. So he just turned fifty, and he is married, and he has been uh, in the Paralympics. He has a bronze medal in quad rugby, which is a full contact sport um, for quads, and he has had phenomenal success despite the fact that he has no arms and no legs he drives his own car he owns his own car he works full-time he takes care of himself he does not have a caretaker Um, he gets around the planet he he's completely self-sufficient he has um for those of you watching us on youtube that surgery was right here at his elbow on both elbows and so he has this little tiny piece right where the bend of the elbow is that he he types like 35 words a minute and he eats he feeds himself um kind of does this trickery thing with the the fork it's quite fascinating but he i mean he's a um never complains ever like i tried to provoke him and getting to complain and he never ever complains he was abused when he was young his mom walked out on them um of course all four of his limbs were amputated He is grateful for his childhood. He says, I'm, you know, doesn't, just doesn't complain, doesn't look back, doesn't say poor me or why me. He is the most, if you were sitting here beside him, his aura, I'm kidding you not, his aura like radiates out and there's this warmth and he's so um, genuine and so, and he'll just put his elbow out to people and say hi and he'll shake, you know, with his elbows like hi, I'm, you know, I'm Bob. Phenomenal. A phenomenal story, but he does not let the disappointment. He said in in the book, um, that he wanted to be the next Pete Rose and he wanted to slide like Pete and he wanted to catch like Pete and he's still an athlete. He's an amazing athlete. Don't kid yourself thinking that the Paralympics are not, um, as grueling as the regular Olympics. They uh, worked every bit as hard and it's just as difficult. Um, So he's still an amazing athlete, but it doesn't look like what he thought his life doesn't look like what he thought it was going to look like. And so he had a lot of disappointment. And so he will say to you, I can either um, (coughs) concentrate on that disappointment or I can be grateful for what I have and be thankful and use what I have to the fullest of my ability. There is not. Beside, He can't lick a stamp. He can't take a stamp off, you know, put it in an envelope. He can't cut grapes. <laughs> but, but there's not very much that he cannot do.
0: <clears throat> Who cuts grapes anyways? You just take him off the stem. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> taking him off the stem? He has but, a hard
1: time with the grapes. But, yeah. but, see,
0: but see, you bring up a good point there because sometimes what we see, he still takes his passion, his passion for sports, his passion for life, his passion for whatever he wants to do. He still takes it and chases it. Now, his passion of baseball obviously isn't going to come true. He can't be the next Pete Rose. <laughs> but his passion for sports was then turned into the Paralympics. And, and, and
1: I will tell you that his passion for baseball, he has every useless fact
0: there you About go. baseball right.
1: and football, and he can talk. If you had him, right, he yeah. talks circles around yeah. the stats, the games, the scores.
0: <laughs> yeah, so he would know it all. And he see, still has he it. still has that passion. So he might have, he might had to have adjusted his his game, yes. and his focus. But he didn't lose it, and he chased it. So you say he was a bronze medal. And I've I've seen Paralympics uh, basketball. They will clean your clock in oh, the yeah. wheelchair. They would just oh, come yeah. and knock you silly. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah, like you said, you. It's one of those things where that's not just you know, hey tit for tat. It's like they go full board. quad
1: rugby, if you ever get a chance to look that up on YouTube, it is a full contact sport and they knock each other out of their wheelchair on purpose. And of course, they're quads, so they're laying there upside down until someone comes and picks them up. And it's like horrifying. It's like, oh my gosh, that poor guy. And it's like, (laughs) <laughs> it's like, wait, and they're like no no and That's they just they sit do. there and wait until the ref comes over and plops them back up in the in the chair and and then they but they do it on purpose and so and Bob because he doesn't have arms and legs he just has the um, he has to wear a different kind of a seatbelt mm. they used to push him out of his chair on purpose and they called him the flying squirrel because he couldn't, like the (laughs) seatbelt that they wear was around his waist, but because he didn't have legs, he would come up and out of the seatbelt and they called him the flying squirrel. And they're like, okay, the goal is to get Bob, you know, and so they'd slam into him and make him fall out of his chair. So now he wears like a harness so that he stays stays in in there. Yeah, but it's like full, Like these, they're phenomenal athletes, quad rugby.
0: I think everybody that has been successful in life, no matter what your degree is, whether it be like Bill Gates, whether it be an Albert Einstein, a Thomas Edison, a Marilyn Monroe, they all recognize that failure Mm -hmm. is going to happen. Failure doesn't define you if you don't let it. It's what you learn from that. Exactly. That then makes you a success. And oftentimes you learn more From failure, Mm -hmm. then you do success. If you're successful, yeah, Yeah, exactly. If you're successful all the time, you're Mm -hmm. not gonna grow. It's when you fail or you lose or something goes wrong, Mm -hmm. then it's like, okay, what do I have Mm -hmm. to do to change to make it better? I remember in basketball, the saying was always uh, practice makes perfect, Mm -hmm. but our coach would always say perfect practice makes perfect. Practice makes permanent. So, if you're practicing something the wrong way, you're going to learn to do it the wrong way every time. If you practice to do something the right way, the perfect way, then you're going to learn to do it the perfect way every time. And so, that's what we strive to do. There is no such thing as perfection, except every once in a while, you might achieve perfection, like a perfect game in baseball where you don't give up a hit, or maybe you go four for four in a game. So, there's little moments of perfection. But we're never going to be perfect all the time. But we want to strive to be perfect because then when we get to the point where that's what our standards are, and for me, my standards are always higher than what anybody else can put on me. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes – and that's what I got to be careful with because I will look at something that I'm doing, and I think it's a failure – like, I just teach this class uh, in the fall of 19 here, and I thought I sucked at it. But the students, they were telling me that it was a great class. They really enjoyed it. They had a mm. good time. And I'm thinking, that's horrible. Oh, but wow. my standards were so high for the class that I thought it was a failure, even though other people thought it was a success. And so I think that's where it goes back to. Even though I achieve high things, my successes are still going to be higher than what or, or I can't view my failure as a failure if it really is a success, because you know I aim so high and I don't reach that mark, I'm like, oh, I failed. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe I didn't, so I do have to be careful there. With we're that.
1: so hard on ourselves.
0: <clears throat> well, yeah, we are our we <laughs> own self worst critics. Oh,
1: we are, because I just mentioned to you earlier today, We have uh, we're in the beginnings of recording this podcast, and so this is number six. So I have been hesitant to promote so far, Because there are a lot of cringeworthy moments in some of these. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) like, but we have to do it. Mm -hmm. We have to not be so hard on ourselves and we have to just get up to bat anyway. So I want to ask you a question because you're, you've played baseball, you're a sports person. So I heard this. Tell me if it's true. The person who, say like the pitcher, Mm -hmm. the person, the pitcher who concentrates on, I'm going to get X amount of Ratio, or I'm going to win the game or I'm going to get so many outs or whatever. Um, as opposed to the pitcher who says, I'm going to concentrate on holding my mm-hmm. arm right, right, focusing on the position of my elbow, focusing on how I spent, you yeah. know, to break. the one that focuses on the step by step as mm-hmm. opposed to, oh, I'm going to get this guy out is the one that is that true?
0: Yeah, ok, so we talked a little bit earlier about the foundational success. <laughs> So this is a good point for that. So as a pitcher, for example, or any player, if you're practicing the fundamentals and your fundamentals are successful, okay, so the pitcher is going to do his windup and his arm slot is a certain way. He's gripping the ball the right way. He gets the right spin on the ball. All that little things that are successful equal a greater chance of success in the game. So yeah, so if you're focusing, and I think I mentioned this in an earlier podcast too. When I was in Nebraska, I was doing a play-by-play for a radio station. I'd cover the local high school sports scene and there was a coach from another town and I asked him why he was so successful and he mentioned that they did not focus on the big game, the mm-hmm. the overall game. Mm-hmm. They focused on okay, if we can shoot sixty percent from the floor, that means we make six baskets out of every ten <laughs> shots we make. If we go to the free throw line and we get seventy five percent, if we allow the other team to uh, or limit their shots, you know, and and they were focusing on these these smaller areas of the game, and he never once mentioned, yeah, if we score more points than them, we're going to win, <laughs> which is the obvious right. outcome. You score right. more points, you win. But in order for them to score more points, mm-hmm. they felt that if they focused on these things the scoreboard would take care of himself. So, yeah, yeah so a pitcher, a batter, you know, a batter, the way he hits, the way he approaches, mm-hmm. the way he, uh, his stands, his swing, all that stuff, mm-hmm. if you focus on those little things, those little foundational successes then are going to equal a greater success, which is hitting the ball, which is, you know, getting more strikeouts, getting more yeah. wins, you know, whatever the, the mm-hmm. case may be, it's going to be more success. So, yeah, that's absolutely true. If you go out and say, it's, and it's, it's having a game plan, was it really comes down to, it's like, what's my game plan for success? Okay, my game plan for success is, is I'm gonna make sure that my team shoots 60% from the floor. We're gonna shoot 75% from the free throw line. We're going to out rebound our team. So when the shot mm-hmm. is missed, I'm gonna get my team's gonna get the ball more than their team because mm-hmm. that's gonna give us more opportunities for uh, for making baskets. Mm-hmm. And so you start to have a game plan for success. Now, along the way, you're gonna fail. Oh, we only made 40% of the shots, or they out-rebounded us. We may have still won, mm-hmm. but because but we had more score, areas, but yeah. yeah, but they were, these were the things they were focusing on. Right. So yeah, so those little things you focus on tend to, um, you know, so when you're writing a book, you know, are you thinking of the entire, you're, you're thinking of the entire, um, you know, story plot line, mm-hmm. but how are you going to convey that story? chapter by chapter to keep people reading from chapter one to chapter two to chapter three. You could just write down, you know, boy meets girl, live happily ever after. (laughs) I mean, that's every Disney movie out there, Mm -hmm. but how do you get to that point? Well, you got to have a beginning, then you have the climax, then you have the, you know, the, the fighting or the, the controversy or whatever it is, and then you have the, oh, we live happily ever after. So it's how you tell the story over those chapters that keep people reading. And right. So you have to have a game plan, and that's right. what it is in sports. I'm sure that's what it is in writing, is how do you tell that story? How do you work on those little fundamentals, those foundational successes in each of the chapters that then equal a successful mm-hmm. national bestselling book in book eight?
1: Right, right. And I think that we, we again, we kind of overlook those little techniques. We overlook practicing the craft. And the way that I watch sports, I was watching, and I think this, um, I watched two games over the weekend, the Buckeyes, and then also I watched uh, Alabama. And I can't remember, I think it was during the Alabama game. And I don't remember which team this was, but it was the score was um, tied. And so part of the game was depending on the extra point. Oh, right. By mm-hmm. the f- <laughs> that, and I, every time there is a game, when I see the guy coming up to make the extra point, I always ask myself, okay, is this guy thinking about the whole game is riding on this point? Or is he saying to himself, I'm going to back up three steps. I'm going to go to the left. I'm going to put my right foot back. I'm going to run up four steps, kick the ball, and I'm going to make my foot point through. I mean, is he? is he going through the process to take that overall weight like, oh my gosh, if I, and, the, and he missed, <laughs> right. which was, and, and then the commentator on TV says, oh my gosh, that's the first time that guy has missed a point, it hit the um, goalpost and it flung off, and so he said that's the first time that that guy has missed in in several seasons, even all the way back into high school, and so it just always makes me wonder, and so I think in life, my point is that if we concentrate on the little steps that we take during the day. You're trying to lose weight. It's, it's those little individual steps of, you know, the meal that's right in front of you. It's not the monthly goal of, Oh my gosh, I've got to lose, you know, how many pounds writing a book, playing a sport, you know, doing a podcast, um, getting a job. How many interviews are you going to go through? It's those little steps that give ourselves encouragement, that give ourselves hope that yes, I may not have gotten the job, but, look, I went through 10 interviews. I went, which is horrible. Like some people think, oh my gosh, I've gone through 10 interviews and nobody wants me. Nobody, you know, if we can, we start getting into that gloom and doom, then we're sunk. But if we can say to ourselves, look what I've accomplished. I haven't gotten the okay yet, but I've gone through 10 interviews. I've practiced my interviewing technique. I've gotten better in answering the questions. I'm not capinging all over the place um anymore. I'm not so I'm staying on task, I'm being more clear in my answers. Like if we can look at it that way and look at those individual steps to practice what it is that we're doing, the success is gonna come. Failure is only permanent when we give up. But if we stumble, we may say, oh my gosh, I'm I'm there's something I'm not doing right. I'm failing at this. I've gone on ten interviews and I haven't gotten the job. That might be true. So then you can say, okay, I need a course correction. I need advice. I need somebody to help me and do a mock interview to see what it is that I can do better. but still take that success of hey, I've gone through 10 interviews. I've gone I've I've progressed. I'm progressing. I can see um, the forward movement and that is where ultimate success is going to come. It's where the fulfillment in ourselves comes. It's where the happiness and the joy come in our daily life because we're not all gloom and doom and beating ourselves up. And we can um, be, you know, inspirational and encouraging to other people when we practice that ourselves.
0: I think it was Thomas Edison, again, that said that um, something to the extent paraphrasing that so many people were on the cusp of success when they quit because of failure. So like you, 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 you know, failure You're on the cusp of that success. So, you did 10 interviews. Mm -hmm. What if the 11th interview was the job?
1: Exactly.
0: What if the 12th interview was the job? But because Mm -hmm. people gave up, therefore they were a failure, Mm -hmm. and yet they were so close to success. You know, like you say, you found 10,000 ways Mm -hmm. to do something wrong, but 10,001, and we've got whatever you created. Mm -hmm. You know, the many things. So, again, as we wrap things up here, when you look at failure for me, it's First off, don't confuse success and failure. Mm -hmm. First off, define what success is. Be reasonable, but what is success? And then, what is failure? And then decide what's successful and what is failure. For me, not getting a national show could be deemed as a failure. But my shows were to the point where they were considered for national recognition, mm-hmm. so they were successful. Um, you know, if you are doing a job, if you are chasing a, a dream, if you're going out on editions if you're writing a book, whatever it is, you might not have the national bestseller, but you've self published a book. Mm-hmm. You've wrote you've written two books. You did a podcast. You went on auditions. Those are all successes, foundational successes that will ultimately lead to your greater success. Mm -hmm. And so again, don't give up on yourself. Don't let failure stop you. Don't let the hurdles of life get in your way. Remember, life's a journey, not a destination. There's going to be the ebbs and the flows, the good, the bad, the ups and downs. Just ride with it. Mm -hmm. Just strap in and go for it. Mm -hmm. And don't let success... At the finish line, don't stop before that finish line because, you know, just because of failure because you Mm -hmm. never know the next thing you do could be that successful thing that you're looking for and ultimately chase your passion. Take your passion, make it happen, chase your dreams, don't give up on yourself and enjoy the ride of life. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the last word.
1: So from the Susan Lucci I can, uh, radio, yes. be Susan Lucci, <laughs> no, that was awesome. And I would just say in your, when you're setting your expectations, set the expectations to know that stress is coming, that the ebbs and flows of life are coming, that it's all not all going to be easy, that there are going to be times when, um, you're practicing and practicing and nobody's watching and nobody's giving you credit, but that doesn't mean that it's not, that it's all for naught. And so I think when we set our expectations to know, I may have to uh, send out a hundred proposals before I get the book deal. So when you get them in the mail, hook them onto the wall and say, okay, one down 99 to go and just keep moving. It's that, it's that expectation that we're not going to give up, that it's going to be hard, that we might be confused. and might have to ask for help. That is okay. But, um, setting, setting a realistic goal of, of, um, the ebbs and flows of life, I think, is what will take us through.
0: Be Susan Lucci and don't shoot on yourself.
1: <laughs> That's right. That's what shitting. we learned today.
0: <laughs> hey, follow us on uh, on Instagram, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. On Instagram, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Also on YouTube. videos going up on YouTube. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, Two Steps Ahead Podcast. Uh, you can find me, Instagram, Edem Rocks, E-I-D-E-M-R-O-C-K-S, at Edem Rocks.
1: And you can find me on Instagram at Tara Hoke Shiro, T-A-R-A-H-O-K-E-S-C-H-I-R-O. I am also on YouTube. I have my own YouTube channel. And you can find this podcast on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Pandora.
0: Spotify. Spotify. iHeartMedia. iHeartMedia. It all usually stops.
1: Yes. So check us out. Subscribe. So that way you know when the podcasts are coming out.
0: And links are in the bio on Two Steps Head Podcast uh, in the bio of the Instagram account. Mm -hmm. So you can go there or mine. It's on there, too. So that's how you can find it. But just Two Steps Head Podcast uh, is where you can find us on all the stops. And we thank you for listening. DM us if there's any comments you'd like to share with us. Good, bad, the ugly. Uh, (laughs) Questions you
1: want us to answer.
0: Questions, answers, topics, anything else. uh, Two Steps Head Podcast at gmail.com, too. Mm -hmm. We have it all. Just look for us. We're everywhere. Hey, thanks for being with us. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this. Uh, Don't let failure stop you. Take your passion. Make it happen. Chase your dreams. Be Susan Lucci. (laughs) Don't give up on yourself.
1: Thanks, guys. Take care. See you next week.